check, check. Mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. It's Thursday, October 8th, 11 a.m. Pacific. This is the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Paula mx edition last moto 60 show of the year it started out normally then at some point we took these to salt lake city in an undisclosed location and we picked them back up for the outdoors and this is the last one round nine of the nine round lucas oil pro motocross championships coming up and yeah they got them all in man i wasn't sure if they would i was probably 50 50 on whether they would or not and they actually ended up doing it so uh, we're looking forward to talking about Paula and, of course, two championships that are going to be wrapped up coming up this weekend as well uh, with Dylan Ferrandez and Zach Osborne holding pretty good leads. I like their odds. I think it's going to happen. We're going to have Jason Thomas and Paul Parabinos on the show today and your phone calls as well, 702-586-7857. Let's talk some moto, MXGP, whatever it is that is on your mind. Uh, let's let's talk about it. So thank you to Fly Racing. Go to your favorite e-tailer, your favorite retailer. Check out the 2021 line of Fly Racing stuff. You can go to guys like motorsport.com. They got the full line, the light pant with the boa, uh, the Formula CC helmet that we are giving away today, the regular Formula helmet that came out last year that took helmet protection to the next level. They got the FR5 boots. They've redesigned their zone goggles. Uh, flyracing.com, Zach Osborne wearing Fly Racing, hoping to be Fly Racing's first ever 450 champion. This coming Saturday, we're in Fly Racing. Thank you to those guys. Maxis Tires, MXSTs, developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by... The Maxis SGB Kawasaki team of Rod Bell and, and, and Smith and A-Ray. And uh, please, let's all pray that A-Ray's uh, exhaust stays on this weekend at Paula, please. Um, Maxis tires, Minion tires are mountain bikes uh, for the mountain bikes, and they're great. And also, don't forget about the scoop tire that the, the team's been using lately at the Nationals. Maxis tires, Maxis.com, UTV, light truck tires, all sorts of things. Athena as well. Athena and Get are sister companies. Uh, the guys at Get, they've got uh, three product families for two-stroke CDIs, two-stroke EFI ECUs, and four-stroke ECUs as well. All the electronic units are plug-and-play, and they come with two maps specifically designed by Get R&D Department. RX1 Pro is the ECU specific for four-stroke applications. It works perfect on your stock motor as well as a racing exhaust and is the best solution in case of engine modifications to maximize overall performances. If you want something from Get or Athena, simply use the contact form at pulpamex.com and we will pass it on and we will get you that deal. I want to thank the folks at 100% as well. Dylan Ferrandez wearing 100% goggles going for the championship this weekend. Chase Sexton wearing 100% and, of course, uh, hoping to get his first moto win in 450s. Uh, and Sexton and Ferrandez won Supercross Championships using 100% goggles. Visit 100%.com. Use the code MOTO60-25 at checkout. 
to save 25% on all casual apparel and accessories from the folks at 100%. And thanks to Pro Taper as well, Rockstar Energy Husky, JGR Suzuki, Geico Honda, and many others, uh, Chad Reed, using Pro Taper products. they got the micro line of bars for the mini ones, uh, for the small stuff. And, uh, of course, they got the big stuff, including the uh, the bars without a crossbar pad. They have the bars with the adjustable crossbar in it, so you can lock it all out. They have 7 eighths bar. They have all the regular stuff uh, going on at ProTaper.com. Sprockets as well, chains, full line of hard parts. ProTaper.com for more information. You know the name. You know the, the value that they've been around. So taking your calls, holding things down over there in the uh, – Corner, showing me much respect, treating me very nicely. It's the Tits Legendary Tits. What's up? Nothing but respect. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. Yes. Um, how's it going? Everything good? Yes. I just hope the rest of your employees will start to, you know, shape up or ship out one of the two. I think uh, it's unacceptable. Yeah, it, it is unacceptable. And I think you're right. That was my race tech rant uh, this past Monday night. And I think what happens next, Tits, is you're absolutely right. Heads start rolling. That's right. We yes. start bringing people you, in. You need to run things like Howard Stern, man. If you don't get the respect, they are out of they here. They are out. And we'll yes. start bringing in fresh guys, fresh army. It doesn't and, matter. Uh, yeah. I like that. Absolutely. Let's do that. Okay. Well, yes. you'll be in charge. I'm going to put you in charge of all that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I like it. 702-586-7857. Let's get Jason Thomas on the line and Paul Parabinos will come up later. I want to get Paul on because uh, obviously he uh, works in the industry now. But he, he was a mechanic for Dean Wilson at going into Paula, and they won a national championship. And I kind of thought, um, you know, I kind of thought that I would give it a try and uh, uh, talk to him a little bit about it and what he thought about the uh, final race and as a mechanic and what the situation is and what you talk to your rider about and, and so on and so forth. So looking forward to having uh, Paul Parabinos on in a little bit to talk about championship implications at the final round. I want to talk to JT about Supercross 2020 as well as some MXGP stuff, of course. Uh, 702-586-7857. We still got some lines open. Thank you to Fly Racing. Thank you, Pro Taper, 100% Max's Tires, of course, and uh, the folks at Get and Athena. We are going to give away a Formula CC helmet. This is the helmet that is exactly the same as the Formula One with the same Conehead EPS, the same Rion technology, a little different shell. It's a different price point, but it's got the same safety and, and uh, innovations in, uh, that you see in the regular Formula Helmet from the folks at Fly Racing. So uh, we're going to give that away to a lucky caller. So give us a call, 702. 5867857 let's talk some moto uh first up from fly racing flyracing.com it's jason thomas what's up jt how are you i'm good how are you guys doing ah tough day tough day with the passing of the legend eddie van halen yeah it's uh you know what when i first saw it come across i was terribly scared that it was uh van hagar Oh. Um, so I immediately thought of you and how hard that would have hit you. But then once I realized it was Van, Eddie Van Halen, I was like, ah, oh, it's still going to be a bummer, but the not as. The fact that you don't know the difference infuriates me. No, 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 no. It was just the first thing I saw. Cause I saw, oh. I saw Van Halen pop across a screen and I didn't even think about Van, Eddie Van Halen. I just thought oh, about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sammy Hagar immediately. So, all right. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's tough, but we lost a legend. Um, all right, let's get into this. I want to talk to you a little bit about Supercross 2020, MXGP as well, and but of course Paula. Um, obviously, Dylan's more at danger here of losing this championship, but I like both guys to take this thing home, right? I mean, overwhelmingly like both guys. You with me on that? Yeah, I mean, you're basically counting on something catastrophic happening if you're anybody but those two as far as championship hopes. Uh, you, you have both of them that are riding really, really well. I mean, Dylan is clearly the best rider in the class. I think everybody can see that. And even when he's had crashes or tip-overs or things have gone awry, he's been able to overcome those. So, 
you kind of need a miracle in the 250 class. And then for Zach, uh, almost the same thing, but you're now you're walking into a, a very depleted 450 class. So even if he has an issue or has a first-turn crash or anything, you it's hard to imagine him not being able to fight back well inside the top 10. Yeah, we're seeing a 450 class that we don't know yet for sure, but it might not have Barsha, it might not have Baggett, it might not have Savachi on the line. You know, yep. uh, they're all – all... and, and it, those are just factory guys. You know, you talk about losing guys like LeMay and Bloss and those guys, which aren't usually a factor, but if you do have an issue like a flat right. front tire, yep. they, become an, they become a factor. Right, right. I brought this up on a, on a show this week. Bale, one, Frenchman Bale, had a big lead in 1990, 125 class, and broke his arm late in the season, lost the title. Ron Cotta at Steel City uh, went in with the points lead, lost it to Travis Pastrana. Porcel had the thing, probably the best rider two years in a row, uh, had a DNF at the second last round and threw his shoulder out at the last round. Marvin Muskan went into the last round in Indiana, basically tied with J-Mart. His bike broke. The French and getting the small championship, the 125 or the 250 championship, have been cursed. If something happens to Ferrandis this weekend, uh, I think we can officially say that we have some voodoo going on. Yeah, and I really have never bought into it so much, but you make a, you make a great point, and then if, if it bites Ferrandis, then I will never, I will never doubt your, your theories again. I just can't see it on no, a track that no, yeah. these guys ride all the time. And think about this. If something did go sideways, you know, Ferrandis has a huge problem and he's way back. They have four or five guys that they could wave down and say, hey, you need to, you need to let Ferrandis by. You need to pull over. You need to do something yeah. to make sure that we don't lose this title, which when you have, you know, five riders out of 40, that helps quite a bit. And, yep. and that's never going to happen, right? The, yep. the likelihood of something like that happening is very, very low, but it's still when everything's on the line and if everything's going sideways, that's still something that could be done. And also, you also got to remember too, JT, with some of the guys that aren't in the championship fight, the give a shit meter is pretty low, right? Oh yeah. So Osborne's on you. Your your Chase Sexton, Osborne's on you. Uh, your Joey Savacci, Osborne's on you. You're like, you know what? This ain't my battle. Go ahead. There's a little bit of that also. Yeah, and, and a guy like Sexton, I think he's going to be trying pretty hard because this is rookie season, and he's a pretty driven guy. But there will be a lot of that going on. Uh, there will be guys going through the motions, um, you know, and yeah. you hate to point people out, but a guy like Justin Bogle, like there's not going to be a lot of fight if, if Osborne's trying to get around them, you know. Yeah. Um, they can see the end of the line. It's been a long year. It's been a trying year. You know, everybody's spent emotionally and, and otherwise. Uh, so, yeah, for the guys that it really matters to, their, their give-a-damn factor is going to be much, much higher than the rest of the field. Yeah, no, I agree. So it should, should be a good race this weekend. What do you think of Paula, the track, the facility, all that kind of stuff? What's your thoughts on that uh, being the final round? I mean, look, uh, the people that run Glen Helen, uh, I have big problems with, and the things that they do, mm-hmm. I have problems with. Uh, they're just greasy. Uh, there's that word again. They threw a, a race on at Paula last year. Uh, you know, they, they, all the bouncing ride around day. ride day. Uh, yeah. You know, all that bullshit that Glen Helen does. But, man, it's a it's a real, real good track for the finale in SoCal or, or the kickoff in SoCal. You, there's no denying that. Yeah, I mean, Glen Helen is a staple of Southern California motocross. You know, if, if you've never been there, it's kind of a, a mecca-type place where everybody has to see some at some point in their motocross lifetime. But I, I can certainly understand the difficulties that go along with with racing at Glen Helen. It is not an easy facility to work with, um, and, and we've seen that year in and year out. It, sometimes they're getting long, sometimes they're not. But even at the rounds, 
even the years where it's worked, there have been these nuances where it's just like, oh, well, yep, we're, we're dealing with Bud Felkamp. Like, it's just the way things are going to go sometimes. Uh, but I do think it is cool to end the series in Southern California. The track is, uh, it's typical Southern California, right? Um, mountains in the background. It has that, that dirt that can be really tacky and ruddy, or it can be completely blown out desert type dirt. The lucky thing is that the temperatures are going to be pretty good. We're going to be mid seventies. So I think they'll be able to control it somewhat and keep the dirt, uh, fairly under control. And you remember last year with Kiefer, it was a lot ruddier and softer than he was prepared for. You know, he, he was thinking desert type dirt and it was soft, ruddy and tacky and, and rollers everywhere. So I think we'll see a lot of the same. Uh, I think you'll see kind of a, a rolling type track that slows the riders down and a lot of inside, inside rust in the corners and then kind of a, a more blown out outside line that, uh, that guys could use to maybe pass as well. Yeah, just, just, just came in right now, Baggett's out for the last one so Baggett will be yeah. one less guy um not surprising I, I didn't yeah. know that but it's not surprising no at all. no absolutely not um yeah I think it's a good track it's a good facility it's not Glen Helen but it's fine it's certainly better than going to Elsinore you know what you did yes. for a couple of times anything anything is going better than going to Elsinore. that was my last national in my career and yeah no thanks what a, what a, what a terrible way to go out <laughs> it was honestly it was not not fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I Man, I, my effort level was incredibly low. I'll just leave it there. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm going to have Paul Parabinos on here in a little bit to talk about championship stuff as well uh, with uh, with Dean Wilson back in the day at Paula itself. So Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by Get and Athena, Maxis 100%. The guys at Pro Taper all on board with us. Uh, let's take some phone calls, shall we, JT? We got a, we got a full line of bank, yeah. full bank here. Um LJ's on four. He's got a gear question. LJ, what's up? What's your question for JT? Yeah, with the new limited edition gear that just came out this weekend, I brought the question up to is, what is your guys' favorite limited edition gear that Fly's ever made? Mm, JT, what's your favorite LE gear? That's a good question. Um, you know what? And this is going to be a terrible answer, and I, and I, I will assume every bit of abuse you're going to give me. I think the one we have coming out, uh, at the oh beginning of Supercross, God. whenever the, I'm being serious, but I'm being I'm being as okay. honest as I can. Right. I just know the answer sucks. I know this answer sucks, but I'm really excited about the one we have coming. Um, I think we've done some cool things in the past, like, but you know what? Some of the most successful ones were ones I wasn't very excited about, like the the tie dye one we did for Monster Cup a few years ago. Oh my God! We sold out yeah, of it body. immediately. And I wasn't a fan. I really, really didn't care for it. And we sold out of it immediately. So there's always like a difference between what always works business-wise and what other people like and sometimes what yeah. I like. I like the uh, Miami Dolphin stuff from Daytona a few years ago. I yeah, really which is it's not really good. limited edition. Oh, it wasn't? Um, it's oh, just, okay. It's just mesh stuff. Yeah, it's just mesh stuff. Oh, okay. All right. um, I guess I, if I'm forced into one, I would say the camo stuff from this past year. That, that stuff I was really, really big on yeah. um, from, from the military event in San Diego. What about you, LJ? Yeah, I really like the pink stuff from Monster Cup a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pink and black. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Thanks, man. Hi, business. All right. Thank you. Uh, Josh, you got a Zacco question. What's up, Josh? Hey, man. Uh, so, if say, I don't know what the, what the legality of this uh, would be, but uh, say Zach uh, clinches it in the, in the first moto, what would be the legality of him riding a uh, two-stroke in the second moto? Oh, that's a ridiculous question. That's, 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 I, can't, I can't even begin to think about. You would have to homologate it. You would have to tech it. 
You can't tech two different bikes. Uh, I, I don't even know where to start. That'd be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, Josh. I have a second question for you. I, please tell me it's better. It is better. I think okay. you'll like it. Um, what uh, What is your favorite Van Halen song? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a much better question. Uh, it changes, of course, uh, all the time. But I like Fifty One Fifty, the song. I like yeah. I like Right Now. I still like Right Now, even though it's played out badly. Um, uh, why can't this be love? Also, there's three of the ones that kind of near the top. All right. I like anything, anything pre Sammy. Okay. Well, you and I definitely cannot be friends. There's no, there's no chance. <laughs> I, I like, I like, I like some of the DLR stuff. No doubt, it's good. But uh, yeah, no chance. It holds a candle to the Sammy stuff. All right. Thanks, Josh. All right, y'all have Thank a good you. one, man. Thank you, JT. What's your favorite Van Halen song? Um. What's uh, the one with the intro uh, right now? Dreams. No dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I like. There's there's a bunch though. I mean, you. It's pretty much endless. Uh, but yeah, dreams. That intro is all time. It is. It's it's great. Uh, Zach's on too. Zach, what's going on? Hey, not too much. Thanks for taking my call, dude. I know with you being a Van Halen fan and a musician myself, I'm super bummed about the loss of Eddie. So Terrible. Just wanted to give you a shout out. I'm right there with you with your pain, brother. Thank you. Hey, also, that caller is crazy. Finish what you started, Sammy, all day, yeah. all the way. Yeah, DLR yeah, yeah. was okay. DLR could do karate kicks and, like, he looked the part of a rock star, but he was actually had no talent. It's phenomenal that he I actually... think he's. Yeah, I think he's fluent in Japanese, too, so that's pretty badass. Yeah, but, that is. Dude, as, yeah. A singer, as a singer and a performer, he can't hold a candle to Sammy. I'm right. sorry. As a musician myself, I could speak on that. Right. But, hey, also, I had a question about, is there going to be a future Pulp MX ride day? Anytime soon. I know uh, this year's kind of been a wash. Yeah, we got to let you go. Your, your phone's breaking up. Uh, future ride day. Um, yeah, Redbud, maybe. Talk to Tim Ritchie a little bit about doing one in Redbud next year. That'd be fun, huh, JT? That'd be good. Yeah, I'm into it. I, yeah. I've already uh, I'm already committed to that. I'm, yeah. I'm going if it happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think you're right. Uh, I think we're going to try to do it. Philip, what's up? Philip. Hello. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So I was wondering, what do you guys think the 250 series would look like without the Yamaha advantage? Like, I see A Mart easily getting third, J Mart taking the win, Dylan second, probably. No. I don't think Macarapps would be as yeah. much of a, like, a third place guy. I'll, I give, mean, I'll give you that. Macarapps definitely helped by that bike, but he's a great rider, anyways. But I think, yeah, I, think Dylan, but, I think Dylan's a better rider than J Mart. I really do. Not, maybe not J Mart pre back. Pre-back accident, yeah. right? Like, like two-time two national champion, J-Mart. Um, yeah. But I think Dylan's a But he was on the Yamaha then, too, wasn't he? No, he was. Yeah, those? he was. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Do you think, what do you think, JT? Yeah, I mean, Dylan is – he's the best rider in this field. Uh, the, you know, in my opinion, the only reason that this has been a series is really because Dylan's had a few issues. You know, he had that big crash at Red, but otherwise he's, he's kind of gone, right? I mean, the rides where they've been equal, J-Mart – just wasn't able to go with him, and that's not a knock on Jmart. I just think Dylan is has next level talent that's going to make him um, right in there with the guys like Sexton and those guys in 2021 on a 450. Um, but yeah, it, certainly the bike helps to put McElrath at the front every single start. You know, he's been first to the finish line in our Purple Max Fantasy League. I don't know, ten times this series. Right. So that's cert that's certainly yeah. going to reflect in the results. Um, so yeah, I think. Maybe you move him from a third or fourth place guy to a fifth or sixth place guy, but 
it's still a race winner. He went 1-1 at Washougal last year on a different bike, right? So you can't just completely remove him from the equation. But there is a bump. There is a, a whatever percentage bump, you know, 5% bump on their results has to be factored in because the bike is getting them up there every single time. It's it's unavoidable at this point to say the bike is not helping these guys. And I'm a troll train guy. We all know that. But I don't think he's an easy third, like you said, Philip. Yeah. You know, like I, he's in the mix. For sure, you yeah. know, but I don't think he's uh, – I mean, Hampshire Hampshire is pretty damn good too. You know, they're pretty close. Him, yeah, that's him true. And yeah. So, so I put that – flip a coin, yeah. you know, to me. Uh, gotcha, yeah. Yeah, so, all right. To me, to me for okay. Amart, all, all it does is uh, balance out the results. You're not going to see those ninth place finishes in there as much. Right. You know, that ninth maybe turns into a fifth or a sixth. Yeah, yeah. So, thanks, gotcha. Philip. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Um, uh, Colin's on two. Colin, what's up, man? You want some updates? What do you want? Yeah, I've seen if you guys have a updated rider list for uh, the fantasy. Uh, no, we'll get the entry form later today uh, or tomorrow. But uh, Mason Gonzalez is out. Blake Baggett's out. So there's a couple couple guys we heard about. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna really have to send it. I want to get the top 100. I think is a good weekend. I might be able to get that national number. So yeah, I appreciate it. Send it, man. Uh, we'll we'll update as we go. So check it. For sure, I'll be looking. All right, thank you. Uh, Greg's on five. Greg has a rant. Greg, what's up? What's your race tech rant? Oh, man, guys. I feel like lately all the guys seem to be complaining about the track conditions. Um, You know, I get that the tracks need to be safe and everything, but I don't know. These guys are professional riders. Why don't they just go out and ride what's kind of like given to them, not complaining about, oh, it's flat or, oh, you know, it's too rutted. What's, What's going on with that? Well, I mean, uh, riders complaining about the tracks is as old as the you know dirt itself. Um, but they have been a little different, JT. Some of the prep's been a little different for these guys. I, I don't mind it, but, I mean, I'm not racing it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't always have to be viewed as complaining either. You know, it can be constructive criticism. Um, but at the same time, like, if you went to your workplace and something sucked, you would probably complain too. You would probably be telling your, your <laughs> friends or whoever that would listen that this sucks. This isn't as good as it could be. And also, um, yeah. no, sorry. And well, also for me, uh, Greg, after the race, like I'm asking the guys, what do you think of the track? Like that's a question that I ask them generically to give them the opening and then they kind of go with it, right? And then that's where you heard some complaints, you know? So yeah. I, I'm bringing it up. I'm saying, how, how was the track today? You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I, I mean, I get it, I guess. Uh, the Supercross track question – the Supercross stuff I, I don't, I'm not always a fan of just because, you know, it's man-made and it's it's kind of there for everybody. You know, I know outdoors is like that too, but I don't know. I just feel like the Supercross track complaints are, are a little much sometimes for me. So, I thought it was funny that one weekend Osborne was complaining about the track, but then AC was like, oh, leave it the way it is. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how riders will work, and that's always going to go on, Greg. You're not going to do anything about that, right? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and right. also one thing, yeah. Blake Bagger for fantasy last week, and I thought he was a lead pipe, but. Yeah, yeah, clearly not. Me too. I picked him too. He looked great. He looked great in <laughs> yep. practice. Not so much. So, thanks, Greg. Cool. Thanks, All guys. Right. Jason Thomas on the uh, Pulp, or Fly Race and Moto 60 show, I should say. Uh, brought to you by Pro Taper, 100% Maxis and Get. Uh, JT, 2020 Supercross, before we let you go, 2020 Supercross, I talked to somebody from OEM this week. They they kind of told me, I mean, we we kind of known this, but a couple weeks for the schedule and multiple rounds in one city. So it sounds like we may be posted up uh, in Glendale or Salt Lake for, you know, a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday deal. Is that kind of what you're hearing? I've heard that is uh, certainly a possibility. Um, regardless of how that works out, if it's 
multiple weekends. I do think we're going to see, you know, double and triple headers in the same city. Um, I don't know for sure that it's going to be that, you know, whatever that is, Friday, Sunday, Wednesday, or, or Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, or any of that stuff. I haven't heard that's locked in or anything that I can confirm. But I think you're certainly going to see that just because of, of COVID-19. I think it makes sense on Feldman as far as cost. They can walk down a stadium for, you know, two weeks or whatever and get a, a lot of revenue come in and cut their costs down. Um, you know, the biggest question I have is if that is the case, if we do see that, we're going to face some revenue exhaustion in some of these metro areas. You know, we're going to learn a lot about what people, the money they have to spend, and if they're willing to spend to do multiple events in a row. Um, I think it will present some pretty cool opportunities, though. Like, if you're a family and you look at a race weekend and you can be like, okay, we could get three races in over the course of a few days. We could make a little bit mini vacation out of it. Maybe we could go riding one day in between or something. So that would be a pretty cool opportunity for people who, you know, they've been stuck inside. They haven't been able to travel. They haven't been able to do anything. Uh, to be able to offer something like that, you know, three events in a row for fans that are allowed to come, we've, we've never really had that before. So I think that would be a pretty cool, um, I guess, just for all the bad things we've seen from COVID-19, that would be a pretty cool upside. Do you think they would go that closely, though? You mentioned like a Friday and a Sunday. Like, do you think they would do that? I don't know. That's that's oh, okay. the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think the racers and teams would be down for you know three in a short span. I think it would be a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday thing. I do, but maybe not. Yeah, it could but, be. Yeah, yeah totally yeah. could be. Okay, I have. Right. I don't know the answer to that. I'm just um, saying, if they go in, right. in quick succession, I think that yep. that would be a pretty cool opportunity for families, though. I think a hundred percent every round will have amateurs in between. Right. They got to get some yeah. revenue in, like so. There'll be amateur racing on the track, like amateur supercars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. and and there is such a demand for that. Um, it's right. been a really successful venture for them. Why wouldn't they do that, right? It, it makes too much sense to not do it. Do you think they get seventeen in, like somehow seventeen? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. okay. So they're gonna have full schedule somewhere. Yep. Yeah, I, I think seventeen is is a lock. Uh, I really do. Unless we just have some sort of yeah COVID nineteen mutation when the world goes, you know, back to full lockdown. I think we get 17, absolutely. And Glendale, Salt Lake, Dallas, uh, Florida, some of the cities I'm hearing? Yeah, I think you could you could take a roadmap. And, and it, there will be some cities that this doesn't fall into, but pick the NFL cities that have fans. And that's going to be a pretty good idea of where they're going to be, you know, because they're going to be looking at it the same way we are. It's yeah. just logical. You know, if, if a state is allowing fans to attend events, they're on the list immediately. Yeah. Like it's just as easy as that. So a state like Florida, even as bad as attendance has been, you know, the, the Miami dolphins uh, stadium, they just announced this week that they're allowing 65,000 fans. They're going all in on, on attendance. So right or wrong, smart or not, I, I that's not for me to say, I'm not right. a scientist, but for Feld, when your business is to sell tickets, that's a godsend. You're like, oh, man, that's a great opportunity, yeah, yeah. right? So look for states like that, and that's probably where we're going to see events. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be bizarre, I think, still. Like, we thought we'd kick this thing by now, but we'll still look at virtual stuff. We're still going to look at pits closed. We're still going to look at all that kind of stuff, I think. Yeah, uh, I do think you'll have a pit party. Yeah. I think that's looking very good. It's going to be a little different. It's not going to be a free-for-all like we're used to, but yeah. I think the pit party will go on in some, some, some way, shape, or yeah, form. Yeah, exactly, right. Uh, Jason Thomas here on the show. Uh, let's get some more phone calls. Uh, Reed's on one. Reed, what's up, man? Hey, I got a question about 6D helmets. It seems like Michael Lindsay seems the only people who wear them anymore. 
you don't see pros wear 60 very often. No, you do. You see you see guys still in 60, absolutely. Henry Miller wears 60 um, off the top of my head. Uh, JT, who else wears 60? Um, um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, the, Phil, to me, the biggest Phil, thing Phil, was they're, Phil they're not 60. affiliated with uh, you know the Geico Honda team, so that yeah. they lost a little bit of publicity there. But um, yeah. I, I, to me, that's a that's a great company with a great product. I, I don't, I haven't seen any real fall off. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, they, maybe they don't have a team deal anymore. But but uh, but Reed, but Phil wears them. They're they're still out there. Absolutely. Okay. So, all right, yeah, uh, yeah. One more question: What's the what percent chance does A Ray's exhaust stay on this weekend? It's got to be fixed, huh, JT? It's no. Gonna, no? <laughs> no? No, it doesn't no. have to be fixed. He no. won't. He cannot let it happen again. He can't. The team can't. Clearly, I, how can you even say that? I, you, do you think that they were trying before? That's an obvious yes, and that's still what's coming off. So I, how can you be sure? I just feel like three is enough. I don't know. You're right, though. I well, it's going off during the week, during the week, too. Yeah, it fell off on Wednesday at Glen Helen. Yeah, yeah, so... That tells me they have no idea how to keep it on. Okay, well, let's go. Let's see how that goes. Yeah, thanks for the call, man. Uh, God, if it falls off again, uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, Kicker Bob. What's going on, guys? Hey, a couple questions for you. Uh, Steve, I totally agree with the Eddie Van Halen thing, and I used to wake up and fall asleep to Van Halen running, playing jump because I grew up watching the Cubs, and that was their startup. Right. Oh, yeah, it's sad. Hey, um, JT, your uh, your separate show going good? Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I've, I'm actually really enjoying it, which is the main goal. So, yeah, thanks. Sure, sure, yeah. Hey, um, so I think I came in on some of while I was waiting for the phone call to start up. Um, something about what's going to happen next season with Supercross coming up and the discussions JT was bringing up some conversation about it. I mean, we're talking all winter, indoors fully enclosed. Are we going to have anything, or is it going to push to the outdoors? Uh, whatever stadiums can allow fans, as JT was saying. So Dallas sure. is indoors, you know, so we'll go there. Weather will be a factor. So, you you know, Kansas City's allowing some fans, but the weather ain't going to work to go to Kansas sure. City. So um, Florida. You know, outdoor stadiums. Florida. Yeah, I'm I'm up for Florida for sure. Yeah, that would go. be gorgeous. Yep. No, I think. But all, hey, the one the one other thing, I can't believe all the wrecks that we've seen. I mean, the horrific ones, people flying over the bars like crazy, thirty feet in the air. No one has brought up the fact of Chad Reed flying through the air, Superman in it, and then landing on his butt, sliding down the side of that hill, getting up, jumping on the bike, and going back at it. As far as what? Just the fact I mean, they they say how horrible these are, and they no one ever brought up the fact of Chad Reed and how he miraculously jumped back on the bike and just kept on going. <laughs> yeah, no, it was amazing. He got really lucky by landing on the downside of the side of the jump there. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a pretty cool ride. Absolutely. Last thing, last thing, yep. fantasy points. This is my first year doing it. Yep. Help me and the other newbies for next year understand. I picked McAdoo and Hampshire just to get some some extra points of handicaps. I got zero. So where do how does that rank? How does that how do you score when they had five handicap? Is there a cutoff where they don't even get one point? Yeah, yeah. When they don't race. Yeah, McAdoo raced. 
he DNF'd. He he didn't. He DNF'd, so. Yeah, he DNF'd. Oh, on the yeah. on the listing, it didn't even show that he had DNF'd. Yeah, yeah, he DNF'd. Yeah, both. Yeah, he DNF'd. Uh, he hurt his broke his hand or fingers in Moto One. Didn't line up for Moto Two, and uh, same thing oh. in Hampshire. Crashed out of Moto One. That's what I kept watching. I'm like, yeah. where the heck are they? And they never showed that they DNF. So right. and then I just looked online. I'm like, where the heck are they? There is a there is a spot where they drop off where guys where their handicaps get zero points. Yes, yeah, so totally I understand. Yeah, so. I just I, I didn't pick up. I right. was watching everything. I paid for the you know to watch it all the time. Right. And I'm like, where'd they go? <laughs> blame, blame Wygant, Kicker Bob. Blame Wygant. Hey, what's that? Blame Wygant. That's what I do. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you much, thanks. guys. Have a good one. We'll we'll see you shortly. Sounds good. Jonesy, what's up? You got a Zacho question? Yes, Jonesy. Hey, curious. Has there been a career with a, a guy who's had this late trajectory? I mean, he's got to be one of the most unique careers we've ever seen. He's going to be, is he 31 now? Yeah, I think, give, think so. Win his first premier title. Yeah, I yeah, mean, absolutely. Won, won all the two two fifty titles at twenty eight. Yep, yep. I mean, it's it, totally unique. Um, you know, uh, Ferry Ferry didn't have as much success as Zach, but I feel like Timmy was good. Then kind of had a couple down years as a privateer, and then like his Yamaha years, he was good. And then he got hurt for a couple of years. It was well for really oh four oh five oh six. Timmy didn't really have any results or very few results. And then he got on the Cowie and then kind of had a second career surge, JT. You know what I mean? No, not mm-hmm. as, not Zacho level, but Ferry had kind of like this. Really good, though. I mean, he was second in points in 07. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, or, oh, yeah. wait, sorry. Oh, wait. Yeah, so, I just think he gets kind of underplayed, I mean, myself included. And to no, say he's I, I not a real, a real fact in the Supercross Championship coming up. Oh, he, yeah. Um, Yep. I mean, he's got to be, you know, maybe not 1A, that's Eli, but he's, oh, he's on, in the mix. on a level with yeah, anyone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. no, no, he's, he's, uh, to me, he's right in there with Webb and, and Roxon and all those guys uh, uh, for next year's title with Eli, to me, a little bit ahead, but not much. But it is a totally unique career. Remember, he flamed out. He had to go to Europe. Could not get a ride. Certainly. Nobody wanted to hire him. You know what I mean? And, and it's not like he, as a KTM amateur or a Yamaha Troy guy, really put in any results. He didn't get many, you know, so... Yeah, this is hard to compare him to anything, huh, JT? To anybody, like? Yeah, it's it's certainly unique. I mean, it's going to make for a great, you know, memoir or whatever. Uh, at least a magazine article. Uh, when it's all said and done, you look at the trials and tribulations, and he. I mean, he went full privateer, sleeping in a tent in Eastern Europe, you know, to make this thing happen. And when this is all said and done, he's going to retire a multimillionaire, and you know that's that's pretty obvious. I don't feel like I'm sharing anybody's business, but when you win races and titles and. Yeah. Are you there? Yep. I'm here. That's very uh, amazing. Yeah. We lo- All right. Thanks all- buddy. Thanks for, thanks Jonesy. Uh, we got, we lost JT there. I think, uh, let's go to Taylor. He's got one McElrath question. Taylor, what's up, man? Uh, yeah. First off, I just want to, want to say, sorry for your loss. Um, oh, yeah, it's tough. Eddie Van Halen. That's a bummer, man. Oh, I know. Real bummer. Yep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just want to, where do you think McElrath ends up next year? I mean, well, I think he's kind of running out of time. Yeah. He's talking, he's talking to Mac. He's talking to Hep, uh, about going there for next year on Suzuki. He's talking to, uh, I would imagine he's talking to JGR, but they don't really know what they're doing yet. And I think there's an opening alongside Baggett, right? So there's something there as well. So I look for him to land at one of those three teams. Yeah, he's running out of time. He's got to do something. He's got to do something fast. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. That's why I had heard he signed with Hep. Um, 
I, that's not true, but I heard he signed with Hep because one of the, they were the first ones to kind of say, "Hey, here's something on here's something on paper," you know. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for the call, man. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. JT, you there? I am here. Yeah. Okay. All right. We lost you there. For I don't know bit. what happened. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, all right. We're gonna let you go. Uh, we're gonna bring in uh, Parabinos, but JT, before we before we let you go, Ferrandis and Osborne the championship this weekend. Race winners, though. Give me the race winners. I'm going to go with Justin Cooper to back up the 250 win. Uh, he rides his track literally every single week, and I don't think Ferrandis is going to take big chances. So um, just coming, Cooper coming off of a win on a track that he rides very, very well, I'll take him to win. And then the 450, I'm going to go Eli to back it up. Uh, I want to say Adam, but I really liked what I saw from Eli last week, and uh, I just think he'll go out with a bang and, and win while – Zach is going to play it a little safer. You know, I think he'll be around the top three, four, just because of the way the field is right now. Um, but I think Eli just has a little bit, of, a little bit more than, than Adam does. Right. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks for coming on all season long in the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, man. We'll see. Are you going this weekend? I'm not. No. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Okay, guys. All you. right. That's Jason Thomas, everybody, coming up with Paul Parabinos. Jared, what's going on? Yeah, so I got a question for you. You were talking about with JT about the schedules and uh, would a double or triple header work if it were, say, you know, first round in? I, I know California's out this year, but if if uh, you do around in Anaheim and then around in San Diego and then back in Anaheim, would that help with the saturation, or would the teams be able to make that happen in a quick turnaround? I don't think the state of California wants people at all. You know, you got to be sure, but. Go if ahead. it wasn't California, say it was Dallas and oh, Houston, could um, you do you know that idea? Yeah, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah, close yeah. Enough that it's drive the one, drive back. Right, right. No, I think that's fine. I think they would look at something like that. Um, they would do it. Uh, I, 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 the biggest thing for me would be getting the track crews in and out. So, like building the tracks. I don't know how far out they'd have to be and all that. That takes some big planning, you know. Because if they have amateur days, which I believe they will at these races, then they, those guys need to stick around for that. I know there's a secondary crew that goes to the next city. But I don't know how that would all work. But I, I sure, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, even you know, Vegas and Salt Lake. Right. Uh, that may be a touch far for a drive, but yeah. there's places close enough that are drivable. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Just wondering if that would work. Yep. Next quick, quick, quick weather question or comment. So, A Ray, I heard on another podcast from somebody else that uh, this week's issue with the pipe was that they didn't that the bolt came out. So they did put on a welded uh, subframe. Okay. To fix that. Okay. But now a bolt came out, so it's now, like they can't win for losing. <laughs> now the bolt came out. All right. Fair enough. Right. A Ray maybe yeah. just didn't want to throw his mechanic under the bus, but uh, uh, you know, hey, shit happens. I, I was a mechanic, yeah. so I understand. Who knows? That. But uh, yeah, he can't win for losing. So no, anyway, absolutely. Thanks. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's get into uh, our next guest on the show from Renthal.com, former championship-winning mechanic. It's Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? What's up, Steve? I'm good. How's it going? So the the bolt came out, according to the caller. Not the bracket what didn't bolt. a race muffler bolt came out. Not bracket didn't break, muffler didn't break. Oh, well, yeah, you gotta keep that tight or <laughs> run a nut on the backside or a cotter pin on the backside or something. Something, so. something. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lots of phone calls on the line. But Paul, I want to talk to you specifically about Paulo that's coming up this weekend. You've actually been in a spot that uh, Alex is uh, Dylan's mechanic, uh, Alex Campbell, I think, or McCampbell, uh, good dude, and. Um, You've had a writer going into Paula, Dean Wilson, with a with a points lead. I sim- what, what was your points lead going in? Do you remember? Yeah, I rem- we actually wrapped it up at Steel City the weekend before. So okay. We had a 51-point lead going into Paula. Okay, so so Paula wasn't 
wasn't a, a pressure cooker, actually. Okay, so going into Steel City, let's back up one. That throws my whole yeah. premise wrong. But anyways, um, <laughs> what's what's it like, man? What's it like being a mechanic? What's it like talking to your rider and and the things, the t- tensions around the team uh, and all that kind of stuff? What's what's it like? Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think Dylan's mechanic will be okay because he's on a team that's won multiple times before. So me personally, and I think Dean as well, that gave us some confidence because we were on a team that that had a bunch of number plates on the door. So you automatically know that um, it's it's possible. It's not something that's like impossible to achieve. Um, and then really, I think it's just about trying to stay calm and and keep things normal. Like there's a reason you're in the points lead. You just had 11 rounds or, or in this case, eight rounds go pretty damn good and you have a points lead. So you got to try to keep it business as usual. And it starts by making sure you do good in the first practice and get a good lap time and get a good gate pick and then get a good start. And it's, you just break your day up into little segments and try to check off the boxes. But at the end of the day, you know, we still did have a game plan and you have to know who you have to beat. And, um, you know, in Zach's case, he knows he has to try to finish in front of Adam, but, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a big deal for Zach. He has a 24 point lead. Um, so if he beats Adam, the first moto it's over. But, um, yeah, for Dylan's case, he just knows he needs to be around J-Mart. And I'm sure there's, you know, it's Will Hahn's job to, to do the math on everything and, and be feeding the, the right, you know, Dylan some information and also the mechanic information during, during the race. I think pit board communication is important at a, at a championship event more so than any other race. Would you tell your guys to, to help out? Would you do that? I know Mitch Payton, your old boss, is not a fan of that, kind of wants the chips to fall where they, where they are, and, uh, and you know, that kind of stuff works out. Um, what about you? No, like we never, um, you know, our title fight was pretty unique, too, in that we were battling Tyler Etre and Blake Baggett, and those were our teammates. Um, and believe it or not, you know, uh, Wayne Lumber was um, Tyler Rattray's mechanic, and a buddy of mine, Sean Irwin, was Blake Baggett's mechanic, and none of us even brought the subject up. It was simply just keep doing the job and, and keep it normal. And, you know, we had some tensions flare up with Blake and Dean at the final race um, between Blake and Blake and Dean. But, um, you know, Sean and I, again, tried to just be the, the moderators between all that. And, and, no, I mean, we didn't – there was no strategizing between the mechanics. I think that's honestly overthinking it a little bit. you right. got to just go out and try to keep it – keep it business as usual and and um yeah there's a reason you're in that position so honestly it's just it's just making sure the bike is going to finish the most pressure cooker i think for the mechanic i asked jt this question well i'll follow it up with you as well what do you think of paula as the final round uh obviously glenn helen's pretty epic track with the hills and the history and everything else but what do you think of the move to paula and it being the final round yeah, I, I'm totally cool with it. I think it's um, a very deserving track. I think it's far, far better facility than Glen Helen. Um, I'm not really a fan of Glen Helen personally. Um, yeah, the track is historic, but any there's nothing nothing great about any of any of it else really at Glen Helen. So I think Paul is perfectly fitting. You know, we've closed out two championships there before. I think it was um, 2010 and 2011. We finished at Paula, and it was fine. You know, that that was back in the day when we had a nice banquet at the Paula Casino, which was really cool. So, yeah, I think it's totally fine. Southern California is a is a hotbed, obviously, for our sport. So I think it's it's awesome that we're finishing in Southern California, especially with how much of a mess 2020 has been. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and talking about that, we got all nine in. I we had Davey Coombs on the Pope Show at the beginning of the series, and he said High Point was a was a fail safe, and uh, and we may end up going there. And he didn't know about a lot of races, and we did have to move. Washugal to Loretta's too. 
But uh, I probably would have put it at fifty-fifty that we got all nine in. But we're we're doing it, Paul. Yeah, I mean I, I, that's awesome. Honestly, uh, I think MX Sports should be commended on on their efforts this year. You know, we the calendar really didn't change much, right? We got like one or two revisions, and um, you know we've seen other sports change their calendar a whole bunch of times. So I think they did the best job they could. Yeah. Um, it's obviously not a great year for revenues for for anybody in the event business, but the show must go on and you got to keep things going and, and hopefully we get back to normal. But yeah, awesome job to them. And nine rounds is a legit champion series, I think. Yeah, I agree. No asterisks. Let's, uh, let's get to some phone calls here. Number one, uh, Porch. What's up, Porch? How's it going, guys? Uh, I had a quick question about uh, Factory Yamaha being ran by Star. Uh, obviously, in the past, they've people like Barsha and Webb and all them have struggled to get the 450 set up good uh, when it was just in house. I'm wondering if you think it being with Star, if they if that maybe might help some of the setup and see if they can maybe kind of get some better results. At least for a factory 450, I know Webb did better in on a Star Yamaha when he raced in Australia. I know that's not the same, but right. just wondering what you guys thought about that. Yeah, it's a great question because uh, Yamaha had uh, Shane Drew over there doing chassis stuff. They hired Sergio, who's an engineer, to, to help with chassis stuff. Travis Preston dialed the bike in two years ago and did a great thing. RV's got on it this year and has helped out. And like if you and Wygant brought this up smartly a little while ago. If you if you fix fi, uh, Follow the timeline of uh, we've got the bike fixed. No, we don't. Well, the bike's fixed. No, we don't. The results are good. The results suck. What do you think, Paul? Is anything going to change? What's going to go on with Star taking the 450 team over? Um, I, I honestly do think there'll be some improvement. Um, you have you're going to just and, and, and maybe it's just the perception of being under the same camp of of or next to a team that's had a lot of success in the last, you know, five, six years. I, I think staff at Star is a lot younger, a lot more hungry. Um, they are probably – I honestly think the race day activities, like the, the feedback they're giving to the riders and the choices made throughout the day, going over lines and video and bike changes, I think that's where a lot of the improvement is going to be. Um, and then, yeah, they're, they're Yamaha experts. Um, I think uh, – I think they understand the motorcycle and, you know, as far as testing or developing the bike, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of a different approach there. And sometimes factories can, can get themselves in trouble. They just have too many options. Right. So um, I don't know if it'll be a more simplified approach or whatnot, but I do think that it, they'll, they will improve. And I think from a business move from corporate Yamaha, I think this is a bit of a, a move that's going to save them money in the end too. So I think it's, smart and um at this point what can it hurt right like they've had pretty good yeah. riders they have a bike that keeps winning shootouts i think they it should be translating into more pro success i think so yeah. so why not yeah yeah why not i guess we'll see what happens they're going to be real busy over there with will hahn and everybody hey porch do you want to fly racing formula cc helmet hell yeah dude that'd be awesome okay well stay on the line we'll get your information <laughs> and you win the helmet all right Thank you so much. I appreciate that. No worries. Thank you. Uh, Porch wins the uh, Fly Racing Formula CC helmet. Tyler's on two. Tyler, you got a question about Zach Osborne? Yeah, I kind of wanted to piggyback off of uh, Jonesy, and I was kind of wondering if maybe Zach going to the GPs and racing over there was a contribution to his career extending as long as it has since they're not doing 
the same amount of workload as the guys over here as far as Supercross and Motocross. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. What do you think, Paul? I mean, uh, you know, Zach escaped the grind of America to go to GPs for a couple of years, for two or three years. So maybe. I think yeah. I, I think more than anything, sorry, I think, it, I think it makes him just appreciate being back and, and you know, and all the things that he kind of gets on this second chance. But what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said there, Steve, too. And also, I mean, I think it's it, it, it maybe it did end up being a blessing, right? He wasn't forced to learn Supercross with at a younger age with a lot of team pressure when you're, you know, when you're younger, you're influenced by a lot of what's around you. Um, and I think Zach became wise beyond his years by ha- having to live and travel the world on his own, right? You become very worldly and, and, and appreciative of other people's cultures and ways of doing things. And he kind of, you know, he, he's obviously had some rough stories or, you know, sleeping in a tent he's mentioned before. And he's been kind of at the bottom. I think he's very thankful for, for everything he's been able to achieve and grow in this sport. And he's just, to me, he's the same person that, that he was back then as he is, he is now, which is, which is really cool. He hasn't changed based on, you know, yeah. fame or, or money or anything. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think, I, honestly, I think it was a blessing by, by kind of delaying his career. And, and now he, when he did come to America, he had a, a whole lot more experience and more maturity. And, and yeah, he had a, made a nice methodical rise to yeah. the position he's in now. So Thanks, Tyler. Thanks and, for the call. Yeah, no problem. Have Thank a good one. Appreciate it. Carlos, what's going on? You got any you know, I told my clutch question? Carlos. Yeah, I do. Yep. Yep. I was calling. Um, I don't know if you guys got into uh, talk to them at all about what the issue was. Because uh, when on the on the TV show, when he came in right after the race, he barked something to his mechanics, and they made a, a point to cover up that whole side of the bars and everything in front of the cameras. So I don't know if you guys got into that. Uh, at- I know he got a piece of mud or a rock stuck in there for a little bit, and that was kind of affecting him, uh, and that's when Adam caught him a little bit. But he got it out and pulled back out. You know what I mean? So right. I don't know what he could have been covering up or anything else. I didn't notice that. Um, well, so I, I'm not completely convinced that there wasn't a little bit of theatrics there, you know, waiting for Adam maybe a little bit. Nah, or no, something. Nah, I don't no, think so. no, I don't believe so at all. No, I talked to somebody close to the team, and that was a legit issue they had. So, no, I don't, I don't think it was anything like that. I mean, he caught Adam and passed him. You know what I mean? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he would have done that. But thanks for the call, Carlos. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think uh, you know, not, Cowie's not a big on team tactics, you know. So, right, Paul? Yeah, that's that's you know, I've I've heard heard and seen some comments about that. I should never read comments on social media because they're all out out to lunch. But yeah, he got mud stuck in there. There's no adjuster up there. There's nothing that can fail unless the line breaks. And you know, people are saying, oh, he's so hard in the clutch. That had nothing to do with it. It was just mud or dirt, and that's why he's chopping at the lever to try to get it to fall out. And when it falls out, he goes back to riding normal. Like, right. There's yeah. Nothing else really to analyze. <laughs> no, absolutely not. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. We've got a few lines open still. Paul Parabinos is on the line. Thanks to Get and Athena, 100% Max's Tires, Pro Taper Products, and the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Uh, here we go. The last one of the year. Paula coming up round nine, of course, on the uh, on the series. So uh, Baggett is out. We may see Savachi out. Um, Barsha took a crash and said on his social that he's going to try to line up. So, Paul, it's kind of all working out for Zacho here uh, to, to maintain this lead. Yeah, I mean, I think motivation is going to be incredibly low for a lot of these guys, and that's why we're seeing a lot of them not show up. I think Old Town Temecula is going to be really fun Saturday night. 
Um, and yeah, I think people are, are over it. A lot of these guys have had to grind a lot this year because of the uncertainty and not knowing when you're going to race. Zach has a comfortable points lead. We have a lot of guys missing. Um, yeah, it's just not going to be as difficult if you get a bad start or if you have to cut through the pack or what have you. It's not going to get as difficult when motivation is low and rider count is down. And yeah. I, I'm just glancing at the entries now because we have to update our fantasy list. And entries are low in both classes, like very low. So, um, yeah, it's just – I think um, – yeah, it's just winding down here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think like, like we are talking about with JT, like if – if Zach's on you or Adam is on you and you're you're not quite feeling it and you know they're in a championship battle, go ahead. Just go. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Maybe, maybe maybe Bam Bam will be the only guy that wouldn't do that, but other than that, everybody else would be like, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean really the motivation is that is that um that podium bonus this weekend for a lot of those guys, the guys that want to get top three to make some more money. Um, We know what Zach and Dylan's goal is. They don't care about making a podium bonus this weekend. They want to get the number one plate. So um, I think that's what, yeah, you'll see that stuff come into play this weekend. J-Mart, obviously the Geico team lost. Geico as a sponsor next year. They're trying to hold it together. Um, That's a team that you worked with, Paul, previously when when you were with Pro Tapers, so you know how they do it. You know how they work. Uh, they got the Lawrence brothers, they've got Schmoda, they got Mumford, and they got J-Mart. I know all the riders have kind of been told, like, hey, you know, we don't know what we're going to do. Outside of Jet, I would say there's a chance that none of them are back outside of Jet. I don't believe that, but there's a chance. Uh, what do you think? What do you hear? Is there a chance? What, do you, what would you, percent would you put on that J-Mart is forced to uh, find a new ride? Um, I, I think it's uh... – Honestly, I'd put it like 50-50 right now that he stays on a Honda. Um, forced to find a new ride is probably not the, the language I would use because I think he's in demand, right? The guy is um, a race winner, and he has eligibility to stay in the 250 Supercross class next year and I think the year after as well. Yeah. So he's, he would be somebody that's high on a 250 team's list because he's a winner. Um, so indoors and out you, and, and, you know, so I know a couple teams are very interested in him and, and that's not teams that have red front fenders. So yeah, he, he, um, he said on the show, he'll be in 250 Supercross next year with who he doesn't know, but yeah, exactly. For all the reasons you just laid out. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I think unfortunately the future seems uncertain over there because they, you know, Geico has lost Geico funding. They lost Amsoil a year or two ago. Um, so that's tricky. And they had such a, big overhead over there so many riders a big race shop lots of staff so they're definitely gonna have to tighten their belts quite a bit i would i would look or i would imagine factory honda is going to help um bail out the geico 250 team a little bit and keep things moving and keep honda 250s on the track and competitive um i i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised to see the two lawrence brothers and jmart you? Yeah, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised either. I, I think the two Lawrence brothers are much more likely than J-Mart staying on a Honda. Right, right. Um, yeah, certainly we're interested to see what happens there. J-Mart makes a lot of money. Um, Honda's going to step in. I forgot, Paul. That's an excellent point. Amsoil bailed like a year and a half ago or whatever, right? So um, that was a big deal for them. I helped them get the Maxima deal, and it's nowhere near, obviously, what, what, the, what, the, what they were getting from Amsoil. But I forgot about that. That was a big deal, too. Yeah, Amsoil was a very big one. Um, I, it was clear second behind Geico. So, in in the matter of two or three years, their 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 budget changed dramatically. So, 
Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound. I hope so. They're good people over there. They've run a really professional race team. They've done a lot of in, in you know innovative things in our sport, and um, hopefully they can sort it out. Stars got a bunch of guys. Uh, I could see J Mark going to uh, Husky KTM Gas Gas that that angle, or maybe Green. Maybe maybe yeah. Peyton could pick him up. What do you think? I think there's um, there's something to think about there for sure. Yeah, um, I don't see him going to Yamaha. So I think obviously you spoke about his name being tied to Gas Gas. I think that's a, a real possibility and. Um, I honestly think that, yeah, a, a, a green bike is a possibility too. So yep. right now they have a full squad over there. Um, but one of their guys is, is kind of shaky, you know, which is, which is, um, Seth Hammaker, right? He's been hurt a lot. He's gone through some illnesses and, um, you can't just, you can't just leave a horse in the stall like that over there. You gotta have, you gotta have four gnarly guys. So maybe there's a way to, to make that work out, but who knows? Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. Uh, one thing about Mitch Payton, you know him better than I do is, uh, can you win? Can you win? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, that's important, right? Like, I mean, that, that's what. That's what Mitch wants to do. Second sucks, and second, like they haven't won much in the last few years. So, um, I think on paper their team has looked good for the last couple of years, and just hasn't worked out. So, um, yeah, I could see Mitch wanting to make some moves to make sure he has guys that can win next year because I, I think they're overdue. Honestly. Dude, they got like two titles in like eight years or something. Hill, yeah, and it's, AC. It's, nuts. it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, when I was there. It was just you know, in 2011 we won 23 out of 24 motos. Um, and you know, in 2010, <laughs> yeah. they, they went one through four at the, the Vegas shootout. So, yeah. um, yeah, there's been a turning of a tide a little bit here. Star is finding a lot of the success, but, but man, I, like I said, I know that team. Well, I believe very much in their, in their staff, their equipment, and they have good riders. It just, it needs to fall into place. And I think get the ball rolling and it'll keep rolling. So well, hopefully they can turn it around. All right, Paul Parabinos, give me, uh, okay. So you're, you think Ferranis and uh, and Zach get it done? Obviously, right? You're not predicting any any craziness there. Correct. Yep. Okay. Give me your race winners though for Paula. Justin Cooper is going to win the 250 class. I think um, I think he's going to crush him personally. And I think uh, I think I'll go. It's going to be a green bike. I think in the 450 class, but I'll go Adam just because his starts have been so good. And I think you get a start, you can run away. We'll see how gnarly Eli can get, but it's going to be such a nice day. It won't be as tough on a lot of these guys. I mean, the track's going to be nice and tacky and, and overcast, not hot. Um, so those are all things that kind of closes the the gap that Eli can sometimes put on guys because he's so gnarly. So I'll say that Adam's good starts. Um, we'll take him to a victory. We had Cooper on the Pulp Show Monday, and he said if he gets on the podium again, wait till you see what he does uh, as far as the dog controversy. <laughs> And and then I mentioned it, and he said, "Well, it may not even be the podium, so I don't know what that means. Maybe he does a victory lap with the with Thor the dog on his lap. I don't know." But he said, "We're going to feed the dog donuts." I don't. I never thought of that. <laughs> we uh, we're going to see some more semantics though uh, over dogs and everything else with with Justin Cooper. So that should be interesting. Uh, yeah, sure. You're fine with it, right? For good entertainment. You're fine with it. Yeah, man. I, I, I all these guys are good. I think um I think our sport's gotten very. Very uh, well, just just in comparison with the rest of the world, it's very sensitive, and yeah, I don't think it's any big deal. There's nothing wrong with some smack talk going back and forth. I think it's all yeah, good, so. yeah. You want to cool. eat donuts on a podium? Cool. You want to bring your dog up? Cool. Right? Like yeah, yeah. Right. Sure. It's, it's all good. <laughs> uh, Pulp Mex yep. Fantasy, of course, this weekend. Also, uh, we're giving away uh, two Yamahas coming up this weekend in Pulp Mex Fantasy, so it's very, very 
big uh, weekend for us there over, over there too. So ho- good luck to everybody for playing. And uh, Paul, thank you for doing the handicaps all year for taking the lead on that. So you've got to be relieved that this is your last weekend for that. Yeah, that'll be great. So that's on my to do list today. I gotta add the new guys. That entry list just came out, but but um, yeah, it's finally over. But I think um, we had another good successful year. Hopefully, it's added a lot of layers of excitement to people who are probably just watching the race anyway yep. to play fantasy and and again i still don't think there's a better better chance to uh win a motorcycle for you know by just paying 35 bucks and playing fantasy i think it's uh i think it's a great time so yeah absolutely. thanks everyone for playing for sure thanks for the time on the fly race and motor 60 show today paul thank you man all right see ya all right see ya uh, that's Paul Parabinos, everybody, and uh, it's been a uh, it's been a good year doing the uh, Pulp Mix fan- or Pulp Mix Fantasy this year, as well as the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. This is the last one of the year. Maybe if there's something coming up, we'll do a special edition. But if not, we want to thank all you people for uh, listening all year long. Thank you for all the calls, tits. Uh, calls came in hot. As you oh yeah, on hot show. and heavy. Yep, it's very very popular. So uh, thanks everybody for uh, playing. We're gonna go out with some classic Eddie Van Halen, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next year.